Hi, this is Ruth Friedman, and I serve as the Maharat at Ohev Shalom, the National Synagogue in Washington, D.C. And welcome back to my weekly Parsha podcast, Life Imitates Torah. And this week, we have Parashat Noach, an incredible, incredible Parsha, in which we see something truly radical happen. Well, actually, there are a bunch of radical things that happen. But the beginning of the Parsha, God makes a profound decision, which is to look around the world and to see everything that is happening and to say, hmm, you know what? What's happening in the world is bad enough that I'm going to destroy the world. And so what I wanted to do today is to spend a little time looking at exactly what God saw when God looked out into the world. Now, in the third pasuk of the Parsha, this is chapter 6, verse 11, it says, "Vatishachit ha'aretz lifnei ha'elokim, vatimale ha'aretz chamas," that the earth became corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with lawlessness. Right. So two main words happening here: "Vatishachit ha'aretz," and then "Vatimale ha'aretz chamas." Right. "Tishachit" and "chamas." The next pasuk, Here we see the word shachat two more times, and the JPS translated it each time as corrupt. The next pasuk in 13, So, now God says, God uses the word Hamas again, right? That the earth is filled with lawlessness. That's how the JPS translates it. And therefore, interesting usage, the word shachat is flipped onto the people because they have destroyed the land. God is going to destroy them. So what do these words mean exactly? Especially verse 11. It's an important verse. It's short. But there's a whole lot going on. There's that the land became corrupt, not the people's the land. And then what originally that the earth was filled with lawlessness. And what originally actually drew me to these verses is the emphasis on not the people, but the land, right? That it's interesting. You'd say the people, but the land is somehow redeemed. But no, it's that the earth itself became corrupted by everything that was happening. So now, if you look at the commentaries on this verse 11, you see a whole slew of different interpretations. Some understand the first clause, and as referring to something different than that these are two different things. Um, others just kind of group it all together and say, no, this is referring to one thing. And again, if you look at what types of activities the rabbis say were happening, you see the standard big ones, um, sexually illicit relationships, uh, you know, killing people, stealing from people, um, avodah zara also, idolatry, all sorts of things. And some of them emphasize the fact that it says, before God as referring to the types of crimes that you can commit that don't necessarily affect other people, right? Like adultery, idolatry, things you can do in private, but still God saw, right? Specifically, this was a corruption before God and a crime against God and not other people. But that's only what some people say. 
Um, interestingly, I just wanted to point out, because I think it's important, that a couple of the Mepharshim refer to rape specifically and say, what is the bad thing that happened that men were raping women? Um, I think that's just a, a very, to me, that really stood out as something noteworthy, that the way that we imagine a, play, a land, a lawless people, earth, that is so destroyed is specifically one where men are just walking around raping women wherever they are. So, um, at what the ultimate point here is that we see that a lot of the rabbis are defining this, expanding on this verse by saying your standard, like huge crimes were being committed, right? The type of violence that a, a people, a nation, and certainly the world can't actually really sustain. It's so bad it has to go. Now, a couple of them are farshim, I think, very, very interestingly. The Chizkuni uh, quotes this, and the uh, who else? The Kliyakar, I think, quotes this. It's very interesting Midrash, actually, from Breshit Rabbah that I wanted to spend a moment on today. And so there are rabbinic sources that equate Hamas with Gezel, or contrast Hamas with Gezel. Gezel meaning stealing, right? Robbery. And because the words are at times associated together. And so they say, well, that's why some of the rabbis define Batimalei Haaretz Hamas as being people were all stealing from each other. But this Midrash specifically says something very interesting. He contrasts Hamas with the word Gezel. And in this Midrash, Amar Rabbi Hanina, Hamas eno shave pruta, the gazel shave pruta. Right, so what is Hamas according to Rabbi Hanina? It's if you steal something that is less than the value of a pruta, a pruta just being sort of a basic amount of money, let's say um, for these purposes, a dollar, or maybe even less than that, but something that you're not really going to prosecute, right? If someone steals 50 cents, you're not really going to go after them. And gazel, on the other hand, that is when you steal something that is worth a dollar or certainly more, right? It's worth something that's valuable enough to be prosecuted. So he says, here's what the people of the Mabul, the, the, this generation, here's what they did. One of them would bring out his, you know, change purse or whatever that was full of money. And one person would come and would take a little bit less than the value of a pruta. Then another person would come and take a little bit of the money less than the value of a pruta. And on and on and on until the change purse was empty. And what was significant about, significant about this? That what, what the Midrash says is each person would take a small enough amount of money that they couldn't actually be prosecuted for it because it was such a little amount of money. But of course, what we know is that if you have 50 people or 100 people who are each taking that little bit amount of money, suddenly the person who had the money doesn't have any money anymore. This is really the ultimate demonstration of how a collective, even if one person, each person is only doing a little bit, when you add all of it up, it turns into a big crime, right? Because someone has been, someone has been robbed of a more substantial amount of money. Now, okay, so how come this, why does the Midrash define Hamas this way? If we could say 
that what's happening in the gener- the 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 land before the mobile is people are committing rape, robbery, you know, adultery, like all the bad ones. Why is the this midrash saying actually what it means is that every person would come along, take a little bit of change out of this person's coin purse, so that they would not be prosecuted, but each person would do that, and suddenly it would add up. Why? Why? Why articulate this, right? What are you trying to get at? Um, and I just thought that this was a really interesting commentary on communities, on society, on human behavior. There are certain times where we do something that's, you know, a little bit wrong, maybe. And we say, but you know what? It's not a big deal. It's just a little thing. Maybe you leave the grocery store and you realize there was an item, a small item in your cart that the cashier forgot to ring up and like, oh, do you really need to go back in? You know, they have insurance. Is it really worth it? Da, 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 da. Will they even notice? Um, there are, we do this in so many ways. We also, you know, cheat ourselves. We do this to ourselves also. Let's say before bedtime, you say, I know I should go to sleep, but I just want one more minute one more YouTube video, one more chapter of my book. And suddenly it's one more again and one more again, and it adds up and it becomes this really big thing. And you look around and you say, oh, that turns out that little bitty thing that I thought I was doing, if you add a little bitty thing with another little bitty thing and another little bitty thing, you're basically taking a small snowball and rolling it into a bigger one. And suddenly you have a bigger problem on your hands. Now, this can be applied to so many different aspects of human behavior. Here, it's applied to stealing, right? But I think it really can be applied to just about everything in our lives. And I just thought that this was a fascinating commentary, fascinating insight into both human nature and what what are the signs of a society that is actually worthy of destruction and in this particular case, I think that what this Midrash is saying, a society worthy of destruction is one in which people who commit individual actions are incapable of understanding how those actions add up with other people's actions when you're dealing with the collective. Right? People who don't understand how their individual actions actually are because this person is part of a community, they're part of a bigger group of people, that you can't act in a way that is a little bit wrong because then everyone's going to act in a way that's a little bit wrong. And then it's a mess. Then you have a mess, right? So if you're the type of person who doesn't put your shopping cart back when you're at the grocery store and you leave it in a parking spot that takes up a whole parking spot or something like that, you may think, oh, well, it's just me. But if everyone acted like that, then there would be shopping carts in every single parking spot and no one would be, and they'd be smashing into cars and no one would be able to actually park anywhere. I use that as kind of a silly example, but it's one of my pet peeves, right? Just take that extra 10 seconds to walk the shopping cart over back to where it is supposed to be. Then you're doing a favor. You're not doing a favor. You're doing the right thing for the person whose job it is to walk around collecting the shopping carts. But also, why do you think you're so special that you don't have to do it and everyone else has to? And I think that's the type of attitude that this Midrash is getting at. What it really means to be a responsible mem- member of the community of a society is to carry with you the awareness that our actions really, we have to do the thing that is Yashar at all times. Because if we slip, then we can't assume it's just us because other people will slip. 
And before you know it, you have a major problem on your hands instead of just one that is just something that you decided to to be a little bit you know lazy on or whatever to do slightly the wrong thing that day. Um, so this is a, a just a very powerful message um, that I hope that you know we can take to heart uh, and just think about um, and how you know how do we cheat each other a little bit in our daily lives um, while trying to finesse the truth and also how how do we cheat ourselves? Shabbat shalom.